0: Welcome back to Turning Little Stones, where we take a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. Happy 2024. Today, I've come to talk with Lynette Brock, and she really does know how to do just that and shine a light on what's going on under the surface of our little ones. But her knowledge base is backed up with a wealth of research, but Her heart is to share this and make it relevant for all of us. And I just know that you're in for a real treat. It's infectious. So settle in and enjoy. So today I've come to the home of Lynette Brock. Thank you very, very much for having me. Um, We've come to talk to Lynette about something that... We do really value, we've talked about it in the first set of Delving A Little Deeper. Um, You might have heard them as schemas or schemes. Well, Lynette runs Schema Play. Um, I'm going to ask her to introduce herself rather than me doing it for her. And then what Schema Play is all about. So thank you for having me, Lynette. And yes, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you very much, Caroline, and it's lovely to have you join us today. Um, I started my early years career um, working in nurseries in London, um, in Shawstarts, Starts, in maintained nurseries, um, community centres, and really felt that I was learning so much from the children, but I wanted to know a little bit more myself so I could really support them. So I decided to look into what courses there were in early years and I came across something called, uh, at the time, it was called the Montessori International Diploma. And I did that course and I thought, whoa, this is really helping me learn so much of how to respond to what I see children doing. Then I felt, as I went forward, I needed to still know a bit more and I was determined that I wanted to really to do my best, the very best I could. I decided that um, I would really like to know a bit more um, so I went on to uh, have a go at doing the early years BA degree. I was a little bit nervous because I'd never been to university when I first left school and uh, I thought I wonder if I can actually do this. And whilst I was doing that I also engaged in something called the EYT which was the early years teacher status at that time Um, and then following that I continued studying because I got a bit of a bug for it and I think I got a bug for it which i would never had at school really but a bug for it because I could see it was making a difference what I was learning was in turn making a difference for the children and after that I went on to do the BA degree and that was a partnership with London Metropolitan University so that's sort of a whirlwind uh, idea of my background as to how I've worked and, and and trained at the same time um and really it's it's on the back of that that really led me into uh, the research with Professor John Siraj Blatchford which was how do we really support students to grasp how learning through play works, Mm. how we can give children challenges within their capabilities, but within their reach, so that they always feel in control. So it was from there, really, that we set about developing our research and our materials to form Schema Play. So it came from the two of you,
0: and I just want to really emphasise, actually, how how valuable it is to be an adult learner and something that you're passionate about, something that you can see in front of you every day. Um, and I'm hoping that's a little bit about what some of our listeners are getting as they, they listen to the podcasts. They'll, they'll see what we've been talking about and relate to it. So thank you, thank you. So Schema Play was born out of your connection with Professor John Suraj Blatchford Um, who's quite an academic and then so you were doing things thorough
1: research. Well I was lucky to sort of work under his guidance because it obviously wasn't an area I'd really engaged in. I think as early as practitioners we engage in something called action research every day. We are watching children and we are trying to work out what are the next steps, where do we go with them, how can we support them, how can we help promote their confidence. So if you like, we don't often think about this, but we should celebrate it ourselves, is as early years professionals, working with young children, we are action researchers all day, every day. We are really wanting to know our children. We really want to know who they are, their very essence, what they love to do, how they like to be held, what, they, what they're interested in, what they really take from their day every day, what, what seems to be giving them the most joy and then we want to respond to that to support their learning and support their development but from who they are. Yes. And I think that's the value of Schema Play is we, in our training, we really support early as practitioners to trust in the child, to follow the child so that the child is pulling the curriculum along rather than The curriculum being a bit of a tick list and pulling the child along. So that that's really we want to, if you like, we're a positive approach. We hope that when early years practitioners engage in schema play, they are really buzzing with it. They're enjoying what they're seeing. They're supporting each other. It's okay if we don't always get it right. The most important thing is we're trying, and it's it's a positive approach to delivering early childhood and to, to supporting young children's learning and development.
0: So schema play is essentially an approach and you are training practitioners and others to notice what their children are doing, some of their behaviours, and helping them un- to understand what that means and the potential behind that, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Um young children, uh, all children, but we, we often see it, it's, it's, somehow it stands out more when they're very young. We see children who seem to be fascinated by particular things. Um, they might like lining objects up. They might like dropping things, throwing things. And what we then do is we provide them different ways of doing that so we can support their development but we also can support their accessibility into all areas of of provision so in many settings you'll have a, a block play area an art area a craft area a role play area the outdoor area and when children first come into an early years setting it's quite nerve-wracking there's all these places to to explore and what do I do when I get in them and Uh, so what by looking at what children are showing us they can do we use that as an accessibility route for them to be able to to explore the art area to explore the block play to explore the outdoors area so if you like they have a really lovely day every day wherever they go um there is a scheme called a trajectory scheme and a lot of children are fascinated by up and down and So what we would do is if a child is really fascinated in up and down and even maybe saying the word up, we would think about, well, how could they explore up and down in the art area? So we might give them a paint roller to take up and down. We might do marble painting where you move a tray up and down. in the block play. Obviously blocks work very well for building upwards but we might have ramps with little vehicles on. Outside in the garden we might have different height ramps because as the car or the ball leaves the ramp if they're different heights they travel a different distance and they might say whoa that went a long way. So we tap into the scheme to open up a breadth of exploration but we also look at the scheme to see very carefully how it's been applied because very early on in children's play we see their unique lines of inquiry their investigation so i just mentioned up and down but it might be height and length if they love emptying things and filling things they might be getting early exploration of capacity or if they spend ages outside in the garden pushing a cable reel or a tire they might be exploring motion you know how does it feel to push something along and momentum, and even force, finding out how much force they need to give. So what we celebrate is our children in the earliest years are real mathematical and scientific learners. And it just provides us to think about children's play as actually there is a great deal of learning going on here. If we can tap into what children can do and we understand it, we can see some marvellous things coming through. I love the fact that you're... You're celebrating
0: it. I think some, some people might be quite concerned about some of the behaviours being very repetitive or, and, and maybe choosing to show them how to do things differently or, or getting a different toy out so they can behave differently. But actually, they end up doing the same thing and lining these things up again. So so what you're saying is this, is, this isn't something to worry about. It's something to work with
1: absolutely yes um what what when a child is doing something repeatedly it's their drive Mm. they they they're using it to find out about their world around them um so like you said when you stop it even if you try to redirect it for whatever reason we might do that um the child will still go back to it so what we say in schema play is don't stop it, expand upon it, support it, extend it. How are you going to support children to engage in stories from what they like to do? Because children with a particular schemes, and we keep teasing this thing about schemes and haven't explored what they are yet, but children with a particular behaviour, what they do do is they attach words associated to that behavior so if you've got a child who has what we commonly call a trajectory scheme with this fascination in up and down backwards and forwards and things that travel through the air if we've got a child fascinated in in up and down we're going to read stories with up and down in it we'll sing songs like insuency spider climbed up the water spout hickory dickory dock Mm -hmm. grand old duke of york and what we do when we do that If they've already got that word up, which if they love up and down, the chances are they'll have up. We hear lots of children, babies, young toddlers exploring the trajectory scheme and they'll go up, get me up, put me up, I want up, get me down. Or a child who loves filling and emptying things will say, I want to be in. I can't get it out. And they get frustrated. But it's this inside outside that they're really exploring. So if we can sing rhymes, we've got those anchor words in them. So they can already start to participate and if we have some props, so at the point in the story with what they like to do, so if they like up and down, when Incy see spiders at the spout, down came the rain, we drop the spider down a kitchen roll holder or a tube or something like that, they'll start to participate in literacy. Because it's meaningful for them um if they love up and down we might be the grand old duke of york and if we've got a drum at home or well, we can make one out of uh, an old tin even more we up and
0: down <laughs> bang
1: with our spoon we can go up and down outside in the garden if we can make something into a little hump and we can also inside the house if we're lucky enough to have a doll or a teddy or something we can do grand old duke of york with him and take him up over a hill just cover a, a a stool or something with a bit of green felt or something like that and away we go and we can we can bring literacy to the child from from their schemes and support their language development at the same time amazing
0: amazing so can you explain or name some of these schemes so you've mentioned trajectory and containment yeah what what are some of the others
1: yeah sorry that's been a bit of a teaser all no it, <laughs> it's,
0: it's fascinating and I love the examples that you've given that they're, they're really relatable for us all so yeah
1: I'll start with trajectory and containing and then I'll dive into a couple of others because the trajectory scheme is often the first scheme we see mm. in a young child's play um and i can kind of understand it because from the moment a child is born we tend to move them around a lot don't we they're in a car seat and we move them from one place to another we're carrying them people come and pick them up and they get put them up in the air and then they hold them and hug them so there's a lot of up and down and backwards and forwards so for a child as soon as they're physically capable they're thinking how does this work this movement of up and down backwards and forwards so Motion is a really big interest for them because they've been moved a lot. So things that fly through the air or things that they can make go up and down or move backwards and forwards, or them even, um, when they're more physically capable, we'll see them loving jumping, for example.
0: So, so what you're saying is the child is on the receiving end of the cause and effect and now they're able to manipulate bits in their world so they're doing the cause and seeing the
1: effect. Yeah I think that's exactly it I think it very much is through the sensory motor stage a cause-and-effect test how does this work and so in early years settings the way we support this is we we look at what do we have that enables that scheme to be applied and test driven in many different ways because we really want a child to develop mastery um, rather than helpless behavior and We need to be masterful learners because we need to develop confidence. That's part of what empowers us and helps us to have self-belief. But also, when we've been able to test drive a scheme in a variety of different ways across the continuous provision, say in a in a nursery setting, but in different ways at home as well, um, what we're actually doing is we're giving the child more experiences and we are a product of our experiences. So when we come to problem-solve something, what we do is we go back in our mind to think about a similar situation or an experience that we've been in prior to try and make sense of what's happening now. So they are our problem-solving skills as well. So supporting the experiences is critical. The, the trajectory scheme is about up and down backwards and forwards so children will enjoy dropping things from a high chair probably we've all seen that and it can be incredibly frustrating can't it the spoon keeps landing on the floor and you keep picking it up and it goes back on the floor again but for the child this is amazing i can myself make this thing move and i can hang slightly over my high chair and just let it drop from my hand and it might make a noise when it lands Or it could be a piece of broccoli it might just squash or it could be a pea and bounce a bit and what they're finding out about is material characteristics what things feel like some feel cold some bang when they land some squash splatter to the floor some bounce so they're getting a lot of knowledge and understanding of the world about things they're also finding out that as i drop something it leaves me and it ends up somewhere and dare I say it, they're exploring the point of departure to the point of arrival. And of course, it's early exploration of gravity. Now, you might not enjoy your child doing this so much. After all, you're hoping that the food goes into their body <laughs> rather than the floor. But what we can do is we can find lovely ways to explore this. Give them an, a range of objects. They can be household objects. Uh, you, might, you might have a, a pastry brush. You might have um, a cork, Um, you might have uh, a ribbon, Um, and you might have a little ball, and have a little area where they can stand and drop things. Let them explore the gravity, but the good thing about having different types of objects, one is an exploration of material characteristics, what makes it behave like this, and the other is, as the ribbon falls, it's fluid it folds up where some things just fall and retain as they are so you're opening up lovely explorations there about how things move how things behave which is really rather lovely for your slightly older children at home this dropping if it's still a fascination if you get a a delivery box you know if you have something that's coming up to christmas as we do this talk isn't it Um, if you've got any packages coming you could cut some holes like the size of a, of a ball and um, you could put a little colour on them, a red or blue or yellow and if you've got a red ball and a blue ball or a yellow ball you could ha- encourage them to post the ball through the colours if they're, if they're recognising their colours by now. Um, for your older children who love throwing things into buckets or bags and things, If you could either do it by colours, you could get them to throw all the red things into a red bowl or the blue things into a blue. It's helping uh, hand-eye coordination. a skill that we need for later handwriting. It will give them a lot of enjoyment because they'll feel empowered. It's something they want to do and it's supporting them to see similarities and differences. Something we need for later writing to see the difference between a B, D and P or a 6 and 9. Something we need for in our biology classes for being able to understand life cycles and things to see the different stages that creatures go through um before they you know having a caterpillar the butterfly being able to see those similarities and differences will help children with later sequencing and to be able to engage in pattern too so offering these opportunities having paint rollers to go up and down with and singing songs where we've got props would be great. For your containers, they're all about inside and outside and the barrier between the two. So they've been put in a car seat, they've been put in a cot, they've been put inside and outside a room. They've been put in things and out of things a lot. So again, as soon as they're physically capable, They want to know about this inside and the outside and the barrier between the two. And the containing scheme is often first displayed by children emptying things. And again, much like the high chair play, this can be a little bit frustrating. Um, Your cereals might fall out of the cereal packet. Uh, Your pots and pans may end up out of the drawer. Um, you might have put something away very carefully or nice and tidy maybe you've just packed your suitcase to go on holiday and then you find actually the whole contents is out of the suitcase again and it probably all needs re-ironing um, they can be very uh, frustrating but we can offer so many ways to explore that we can give them different size bags and purses with things collections of objects to put in them uh, cotton reels pine cones if you've been out on a nature walk and collected some of those, pegs, um, anything that can make a nice little group of things, yoghurt pots, uh, milk bottle lids, anything you can wash up, recycle and reuse. Um, Because seeing sets of objects go into bags and and buckets helps them with their understanding of space and shape and size. Um, But it also helps them in later things, um, because when they start to see sets of objects, It helps them for later addition to be able to see to hold two plus four in their mind abstractly so this early containing scheme where we start to see oh I can put all the blue bottle lids in here it helps them to you know to see these big things only fit in the big bag but the small things like the pegs will go in the purse and also a bag and also a box so it's helping them with shape space capacity And of course things like that lend themselves nicely later on to supermarket role play where they can contain all the oranges and all the apples and do the shopping. So they're all early prerequisites to more sophisticated learning and more sophisticated play as we go forward.
0: I just love your enthusiasm. You're you're just oozing joy as you talk about the children exhibiting these behaviours and and I love the way you've acknowledged that, that for parents and, and practitioners, you know, they've got a nice little browser box full of lovely, lovely books in the toddler room or something, and the child just goes and shifts them all out and clambers in themselves. So frustrating, so irritating, but there's a reason for them doing it. and And it gives us permission to enjoy and celebrate that something is going on here. So thank you. Now, you were also telling me earlier that these merge and other schemas or schemes evolve from that. Can you tell us a little bit
1: about that? All learning is emergent and it really comes from, from us. If we if we see a meaning or a purpose for doing something, we're more driven to do it. I think we can all sense that in ourselves. It's a bit like me going to university in my 30s rather than when I was 18 because it just made a lot more sense to me at that time. Um, Because I was getting something from it, I could see the reward in the children. So it's the same for children. If they see good reason for it then they tend to 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 love to to do that and what tends to happen is when children are very young they have a trajectory scheme they're interested to get on the move so motion is is really important for them and they're also keen to explore their body force to see how they can push and pull things over time when they've explored that out they start to be aware that they can actually do more than just walk in a line they can actually move things because they see other people moving things and that requires us to be able to contain now it might not be in a bag it could just literally be in our hand it's still a container but later they start to if we are uh, seeding an environment to support the scheme they could start to move things in a bag or in a trolley and so forth and so the transporting scheme which tends to be a scheme that comes along in the toddler age is a combination of a trajectory scheme and a containing scheme because they need to be able to follow a line and they need to contain. But there is another sophisticated scheme, for example, such as the positioning scheme. Um, Some of you might have a child who gets a bit frustrated if you put the custard on top of the pudding instead of to the side. Or maybe the peas are in the wrong place. They might get frustrated about the way they get dressed if you've done it in a different order they you might see them wanting to line things up which is a trajectory scheme initially just lining things up but now it's particular you might have a big object and a small object big object and a small object or you might have all the red objects and then all the blue objects and all the green objects they might want to make a line of things from one place to another and sit back and really enjoy what they've achieved they might like to put, say, a toy dinosaur on the corner of all your furniture. So if you've got a basket of dinosaurs, you might see as you go around your house one in every corner of your tables, your coffee tables, your sideboards, whatever you have. Now, this is a really exciting scheme because what children are effectively exploring at a very early level here is pattern, arrangements, how can things look in different ways, and it's helping similarities and differences it's helping their early perception of maths and it's it's helping their visual perception which is something they need in later reading writing and so forth but for them it's making arrangements seeing how things look and we can obviously do so much with this because positioning might support a child to be able to grade to see Something go from the smallest to the biggest, from the shortest to the longest. It might help them, they might have a particular story that they absolutely adore and it might be our way into story sequencing because we could take a photograph of the pages and print them out and as we're telling the story we put the page down for each part and the child might later be able to independently recall that story all by themselves so we're supporting their independence there as well. And, of course, the trajectory-containing and positioning schemes can be really well supported at home in activities like cooking. Because if we make a pizza, for example, we've got to yeah. pour, we've got to stir, we've got to contain it, and then we chopping things up, which is a trajectory scheme, um, because we're we're making things go in a line, so slicing through, and then the positioning is where we put our tomatoes and so forth on our pizza. So we can, if we see the schemes coming through, we can really start to think about where they can go. Um, and we have a lot of fun with the parents um, that we collaborate with and who come to our family club sessions because they try things out with their children and they just delight because they've thought they've got children who are behaving in a naughty way. And now they're seeing it come forward in a, we're getting so much exciting. We're having such a good time together and we're really learning together and that's lovely.
0: And as a practitioner, as a manager, that was the real light bulb moment. I love that. You, You just need to say a tiny word about what you'd noticed at nursery and the parents are like, oh my goodness, they do that at home. And then they get it, it's this shared fun of it. And if your practitioners, you know, talk to other people in your room, your colleagues, schema spotting is really good fun, actually. Do you think so-and-so is, has got this scheme at the moment? Yeah, lovely.
1: I think that that, that is the great thing about it, isn't it? it? We're looking at children positively, we're looking at what they can do. And we're going to respond to those capabilities what more could you ask we're going from the child's anchors to bring in a whole curriculum i remember being in a setting and i had a colleague there gary and gary said come and have a look at this lynette so i went over he said what's poppy doing i said well it's interesting he said is it a trajectory scheme or is it positioning I said, I don't know, let's have a look a bit more. And what Poppy had done is she had some lollipop sticks, all different colours they were. Um, You can buy them for crafts. And she'd made an arrangement that looked a little bit like a train track. At first we thought, is she exploring colour pattern? But then we realised it didn't seem to be symmetrical and it didn't seem to be a purple and a blue, or we couldn't see a pattern coming through. And we thought, what is this? Anyway, Poppy then sat back and you'll know what I mean when I say the child looked really satisfied by what she'd done. So Gary went up and he said, Poppy, can you tell me about this? He said, you worked really hard on it. And she said, yeah, it's a ladder. Now we'd have never have got that. But by looking at the scheme and thinking, is it trajectory? Is it positioning? What's she taking from it? And now we know she was exploring ladders. This is really crucial to us because what do ladders do? They help us to see things at a height. They help us reach things that are up high. So we made a den in the garden with a ladder and we got some binoculars and because she had a real trajectory scheme interest, which means she also likes things that travel through the air, we did bird spotting. We had some pictures of a bird and every time we saw one that matched we had a corresponding picture and we just put them on top of each other a bit like playing snap yeah um we also built a ladder together and we we counted how many rungs we needed so we made one with 10 rungs and then we made one with nine and then we made one with eight and so we were able to see that the more rungs we had the taller it got we looked at community roles who uses a ladder window cleaners firefighters and we brought a whole world to this little girl from her scheme anchor what she really loved to do which was explore a trajectory scheme what her fascination with was up and when she she said you can see a long way from the top of a ladder so we knew it was view so we looked at binoculars telescopes how else can you see a long way and just from that scheme anchor we opened up a whole breadth of curriculum explorations and w- In that first year when I introduced schemes to my colleagues I remember uh, Louise, another practitioner, coming to me and saying we've had the best time ever in nursery. We had such diverse things going on, maintaining the continuous provision of course, you know, but we had such diverse things going on. I remember one child was really fascinated by containing and we shared this with his mum and they were going to a circus. And when they got to the circus, outside was a popcorn cellar and this little boy wouldn't be moved. He was fixated and mum was saying to us that she was desperate to try and get him to come into the circus because they were running late. And then she remembered what we would talked about in the nursery, about him having a containing scheme. And she said, and I decided to stop and watch. And she said, and here's a picture and this popcorn seller was selling a big cone of popcorn, a medium size and a small. Well, this little boy, he'd not long moved over from Poland. And his language in English was developing. Um, but he wasn't really interacting with any children. And another scheme is something called exchanging. And so what we thought was, from the containing scheme, we'd like to give him agency, we'd like him to feel in control, but we'd also like him to um, be able to play with another child and we didn't want to force that but we thought role play is really good for that because we each have a role so we know what we're doing so Louise introduced to this little boy filling cones of popcorn So he found out what a cone was and he was doing size small ones medium and big So he was effectively starting to grade. And he got them all lined up, ready. And then another teacher showed some of the children. They had five tokens each, had to last the week. She said, one token for a small popcorn, two tokens for a medium, and three for a large. And this is all you've got. And she showed them, we're on Monday, and we've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. they're getting economic awareness. Anyway, the children came to buy their popcorn and some of them were really careful about how much they used. Oliver was doing something he felt very assured of. He knew what a popcorn seller was because he'd seen one. He loved the containing. So the new challenge for him was on the menu. He had to look at the cone and look at how many counters he needed. And there was the numbers written next to them. And the children were coming up. Small cone, please. Medium cone, please and an exchange started. Now this little boy, being new into the nursery, this was very empowering for him. Gave him agency, and he delighted in playing with other children. And there's a whole lovely journey that emerged from that, I can't tell you. But it was a delight to watch, and it's thankful to the parents. And so this collaboration with parents, where parents share what they've done at the weekends, and what really took their child, what really got them interested, makes a huge difference to the wealth of opportunity we can also offer in the nursery because children are picking things up not just in nursery or in daycare or in the child minders they're picking things up all day every day out and about in the community and the more we know about what children have done what they love to do what they're doing at home and what I would say is never feel embarrassed to share what your child is doing even if you might think it's naughty behavior because often it's just it's a scheme and we just can then help each other to work out how we can support that scheme to be played out in a more positive way. Um, So sharing is absolutely critical.
0: Lynette that was just inspirational (laughs) absolutely inspirational and and thank you thank you for the stories the understanding the research the the everything that's gone into this I would not be at all surprised if our listeners are going I want to know more about this I want to I want to get more information because we're just we're just dipping our toe in the water here where can they go what can you point them towards
1: um, well, there are there are books. Um, they're commonly called schema in this country. Um, in our training, we actually do look at the distinction between a scheme and a schema. So I've been calling them schemes, but most commonly they're written as schema over here. Um, Primarily because we got Piaget's writing mistranslated into English. So we never really got to understand the distinction. So in our training, we do look at that distinction and why that's important for our work.
0: So you offer training courses we do, in yeah. Schema Play?
1: Yeah. Okay. So anybody who works with young children, be it a, a teaching assistant, a childminder, nursery teacher, uh preschool reception class teachers we go right through from birth to seven years of age so if you're working in a baby room right through to key stage one um our training supports that um and uh you can find out about us at www.schema uh, play it's all one word schema um we have a website there with some training um we've got a i think we've got something coming up in in Essex actually in March in Chelmsford um
0: some face-to-face some online virtual you you've been training in Shanghai this morning haven't you so so yeah there's wherever you are because I do know we get listens all over the globe ah so that's really interesting yeah
1: wherever you are um we we can facilitate that Mm -hmm. um yeah so training online is absolutely fine and if settings like you to go to them um for an insert day or they'd actually like to book a trainer to go actually in with them to do buddy observations and find out about schemes and do a bit of training after school and things like that we 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 work basically we try to be very flexible to do our best to meet people's needs people's budgets Mm -hmm. and work like that um for families we do have um a, a quarterly so it's not all the time but we on our same website page, we have a, a what we call a family coffee morning club um, where parents could come on, it's only an hour, meet other parents, and we just talk about schemes, what children are doing, and, and give some ideas of activities Again, to support that. light
0: bulbs must be going on, off all the time. You know, you must really see parents
1: get that. I'll be honest, I love the parent coffee morning clubs um, because I come off smiling from ear to ear. Um and it, it's it's lovely when when families it's not just mums and dads we have aunts and uncles grand, grandparents on um as siblings older sisters who and brothers who want to help their little brother or sister yeah. um so it is a family club um and it's lovely when they say oh that worked amazingly and we just loved it and, and this is what happened next um I love I love that part of our work as well because um, I was on with a colleague Diane Newman this week delivering a coffee morning club and I don't think we've stopped smiling since it was just so nice the positivity it's just brilliant yeah it's it's really lovely to to engage with parents wow thank you. And
0: have you written any books? I, I believe you have. I
1: have, yes. We've got a new one on the go at the moment. Uh, we do have a Schema Play Activity Ideas book. It's really for um, nursery, well, people who work with preschool-aged children, really, because it goes with our training. Yeah. Um by all means they are available to buy but i think they're more easily understood if you've actually done the training to accompany it um and we've we've um we've got a textbook out at the moment called putting the schema back into schema theory and practice as well um but as i say there will be a new book uh, just yeah. not finished it yet but uh, we are on the so go with a new book as phase. well yeah
0: so we'll put all of those links into the show notes oh
1: thank you um
0: but I cannot recommend it highly enough. I I really, I I don't know the schemers, schemes, (laughs) in the depth, in the same depth that that you use them and you know them and you teach. Um, I wish I did and had, but understanding and schema spotting in our provision made a huge difference and as I say, massive connection between home and home and nursery as well. I see that as really crucial. So, so
1: thank you. No, I was just thinking mm. on that. You were saying you saw a massive difference, and I think one of the things we talked about when you arrived this morning, wasn't it, was children's behaviour changes um, when children when we tune into what children can do and we respond to let them know that what they're doing is important to us what they want to do and we show them different ways of being able to do it their behavior really changes yeah. and we can go from what might be perhaps challenging behavior maybe right to children being totally calm and really enjoying their their day which makes a big difference yeah.
0: thank you um i i want to stay here and ask you more questions but um, we can't. Thank you thank you. Um, I just wish you so much. I, I really hope that this flourishes that the word gets out there that people really really understand that and children can be supported, um, their behaviors understood and they're not little box putting in little boxes that says, challenging naughty um but actually yeah they're understood and and they thrive and flourish because
1: of it so thank you no you're really welcome thank you caroline because just what you said every child is so important wow thank you
0: lynette for kickstarting 2024 for us in this amazing way. I guess most of you will want to listen to this one again. You'll certainly want the show notes, which you can find on our website, www.turninglittlestones.co.uk. You'll find details there of Lynette's website, the details of all the books she's written and the training she offers, everything you'll find there. This episode also links well with delving a little deeper. So set one is available specifically to the third audio. So, so again, head over to our website to, to check that out. As always though, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your encouragements, your reviews, for subscribing, for following us on Facebook and Instagram. It's just so grateful. But until next time, I hope you'll really have some fun spotting some schemes. Goodbye.